This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen in Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Man, every time after the KJ Wright show, I, I need like some time. Like we sh- we have to not do that at eight to nine because it makes the next hour. I'm still like sort of recovering. Do you know what I mean? Especially today, he got you. Dude, he, he, he was in that double A gap blitz, looking at you. Dude, could like, you see Don't that? You could you see the change? Yes. Dude, the whole, yes. I wish I'm the only one here in the actual studio with KJ. Moore and Justin are in the mm-hmm. other room, and yeah. honestly, like. There's only glass separating us, so it's not like it, they're like on another planet. But like, I'm telling you, the temperature changed. The air in here changed. The moment he heard that, the entire air uh-huh. inside the uh-huh. studio legitimately changed. Like, if there was like a a horse in here, it would have done like whatever it is horses do before oh, a tornado. A coming? Yeah. yeah, like, dude, it what it got like. Now imagine that there's it changed the entire defensive unit, and they all change. No. I choose not to imagine that. That was too intense for me. (laughs) I think you understand why Jordy Nelson looked for grass to fall into at times. Right? When when you played that group. And what did we what did we you know what what we learned yesterday? That, oh, we didn't even ask him about that documentary. Docuseries. We'll get to it next week. Dude, you know what else about KJ? Huh. He's freaking huge. He's such a big dude. He's tall. He is big. He's a really good player, but he is tall and big, and he always has a smile on his face. And when that smile went away, the entire temperature in this room changed. That was really remarkable. I'm sorry. Yep. I, I, it's going to take me a little while. You're to still like, a little shook. I am. But you know what else? Yep. I think we convinced him on Chris Jones by the end of that conversation. I'm not joking, man. I think he started off thinking it was stupid, and by the yep. end was like, oh, you guys want to convince me this is a good idea. And I know that there are some real reasons to kind of stay away. I know there's some risk associated. I know you've made some mistakes with some of these types of trades in the past. You can talk about Brock and you mentioned them the other day, certainly Jamal being the worst of them and Jimmy Graham and, you know, maybe even uh, 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 Percy. Okay. But you can on the other side of that, look at, at Dwayne Brown, who was in a similar situation to fill a huge need that they had. And I think everyone would agree that that was a wonderful move that absolutely worked out for them, don't you think? Yeah, is is the clock is ticking on this, and the Chiefs play was tomorrow. Was Jadavion Clowney there... a good move for that season? I would say one? yes, right? I mean, like yep. I would say that you. But it but it was a one year move, and I'm going to get back, and this kind of spins back Dwayne to the Brown Mariners. Wasn't this this spins back to the Mariners and the ability to pivot, man, the ability to get out of something, and mm-hmm. that's been the challenge with this Jamal deal: is two first round picks, eighteen million a year. Like, you are just sunk. It is a sunk cost. It's why, frankly, they didn't feel like they wanted to sink $25 million guaranteed into Jalen Carter with the fifth pick in the draft. Like, we just got to be – we've we got to make sure when you make that move, and I think Jimmy and Jamal and some of these tell you, like, you never know them. Like, you know your own. Mm-hmm. You never do. And, and if we're going to make a move of that kind of substance and size for a guy that wants $30 million a year – or he'd be disgruntled here because he wants his payday here. On the surface, I love it. On the surface, when when our guest radio host from Kansas City says, no, maybe a second gets you done, you're like, uh, yes. But you just kind of peel that onion back a little bit more, and it's why KJ is like, no. Practicality-wise, no. The inability to pivot, no. 
Paying a 30-year-old guy $30 million a year? No. Not on this team and with this well, Hold group. on. KJ also said he's right in the middle of his prime, that if you were to bring him in, you're an instant World or a Super Bowl contender. I'm sorry, man. That's the difference between me and you. I want to win a Super Bowl. Yes, I don't. I want them to lose. I right. just I don't want them to be good. Yeah, you're right. You. Yeah, I want them to win Super Bowls, and you don't care. So no. you're lucky I'm a quarterback because I could have flared up on you no. like, with my traps and eyes and energy. When you disrespect me and say something like that, Salt, I could flare up, but I, I can't. Flare I've been up dis- like I've been either. disrespecting you for 14 years. I don't see any reason that, that would change today. Like today, you're going to get upset about me disrespecting you. Yes. It's been almost a decade and a half of that. Are you kidding me? By the way, I think I missed yesterday, Brock. I think yesterday. Yesterday, uh-huh. I think it was our 52-week uh, anniversary yes, of restarting the show. It was. And it was shame the on reset. me for not mentioning that. I'm sorry about that. I, I was kind of waiting like I, for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you could have mentioned it. I know, but I was kind of waiting for it. I mean, there's it, no reason I had to be the one no, to Remember, you lead it. the show. I run around in the show. That's how this thing goes. <laughs> the runaround guy can't lead the show. You lead the show. All right. Yeah. I will say, though, that I did, I did tell a story about you the other day in the golf course. I heard a little Thin Lizzy, uh, the boys are back in town. And I was like, oh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> when Brock heard this song, he thought it was the boys are back again. The boys are back again. The boys are back again. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. One of many I screw up. All right, Brock, up. are you trading a first-round pick for Chris? Chris Jones, straight up. See, I think you're looking at this the wrong way. I I want to. Yes, I want to do that. I I want to do that. I want to add him in this rotation this year. Unlike KJ, I don't think you're set. I know you paid Dre Jones, and you gave him a huge, huge money. You put Dre Jones and Chris Jones on either side of Jaron Reed. That's a completely different team than you're talking about right now. Yes, it's a completely different team. All of a sudden, you can absolutely unlock what what Nuosu does, what Mafe and Hall and Taylor and all those guys do. Your linebackers are going to be able to come downhill and make more plays. You're going to be able to get into the backfield more. The pressure you put on a quarterback, you become, and then and that's before you even get to the strength of this team, which is your your secondary. Yeah. Brock, you're a completely you ever, different you football ever, team. You ever shop for homes? You ever done? You've done that lately. You haven't done that too. It's been a while. Like what? What happens when all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, I want that. Home. Yeah, you mentioned this a few weeks ago. Like, like sometimes you just want it. Yes, I, I just. But you can't afford it. You just you your budget, can't afford this though. You just. But can't you can afford, afford this. Uh, yes, you can. It's uh, the NFL. You can afford it. <laughs> you can if you want. If you truly want to make it happen, you can afford it. My reservation has nothing to do with that. If they believe that this is a Super Bowl team, if you go get Chris Jones, then go get Chris Jones. My only reservation or my conversation around this is this. If you're trading a first-round pick in a year with potentially 10 top-tier quarterbacks in the draft, Mm -hmm. you are telling your organization that Geno is the guy. Maybe you believe it. If you do, then you should pull the trigger on this deal. If you believe Geno Smith can win a Super Bowl, that he can be your guy for the next five years, then absolutely make this deal. Figure out all the rest of it, Brock. You're going to get some money back in the cap next year when Jamal ends up uh, ends up Coming leaving. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You find a way to get it done. Yeah. If you believe that you need that pick for a quarterback next year, then you don't do it. Then you, you can't make that move because you've got to be conscious conscious of your future not just your present can you make that decision today or do you need you have to make you you need to make it probably today
Are you sure? No. Hopefully Chris Jones keeps deciding to sit on out, which True. would be so foolish for him financially on so many different levels. But easy for me to say that from 2,000 miles away, and I don't want to get in another man's business and his pocket because he wants his final payday. He wants his $30 million a year. His play has been good enough for it. He's in the final year of his deal. He's willing to napalm and burn bridges and sour the fan base. And, yeah, is it an impasse that the longer it goes? I'll say this. The longer it goes, the better that is for Seattle. Mm. He ain't going anywhere in the AFC. That AFC is loaded, and they will not trade him to anybody in that AFC. You start to pick away teams in the NFC that, that could have maybe the flexibility to do this. Mm. I think your Seahawks could be on that list. Do we have some time tomorrow to take calls on this? We might need to do this. I might need to hear from the people a little bit on this. I know we don't today. We're going to do some Washington Wednesday coming up at 930. we got to get back to the Mariners. we got to get back to some Mariner conversation after that. But tomorrow, can we can we spend a few minutes take some calls on this? I would like to do I that. I think we might need to. So uh, start thinking about your positions on it, boys. We'll uh, dig in tomorrow. And girls, everybody. Everybody think about your position on this. And uh, we'll give you everything you need to know coming up next. I'm Brock and Saul. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, we've been having so much fun over the last hour talking to KJ, getting ready for Sunday's football game and this season, talking Chris Jones and pipe dreams that almost forgot about the fact that today's a sad day because the Mariners just really <laughs> gave one up yesterday. Uh, not a not a great loss, an ugly one. It's one of the, uh, you know, anytime you give up a lead late, it qualifies as an ugly loss. And you're throwing your best bullpen, guys. Right. Like, you you played that game. You played your cards. Yep. Bryce gave you five. You went all in. You went all in. Got to make sure you get this one. Is it made any easier by the fact that you scored six runs? Like, to me, like I, you were saying earlier, worst loss of the season was one of the things that some folks have said. I don't know. For me, like, when I hear worst loss of the season, it's a game in which they are flat and lifeless. And you know what? All those. And then, yep. and then make mistakes on top of it. They score six runs in a game, and Julio hits two home runs. Like, I don't know. It's a little hard for me to say worst loss of the season. It stinks, and obviously, I'm not looking to lose to the Reds. But I don't. Know, I, don't I couldn't. It's the quite magnitude go there. of the moment, man. They all just exponentially grow bigger and bigger in this month of September. As mm-hmm. you got just a couple dozen left now. And, yeah, Julio was amazing. Hit number 26, hit number 27. He's going to hit over 30 this year. Yeah, here's the second one. Pitch to Julio. Fastball swing on, hit the right field. Got carry again. Benson up on the track. Reaches, can't get it. It's gone. It's so funny, that one, too, is he had just put a ball in almost the exact same spot pitch beforehand. If he did. go right back to it, go the other way, man, Julio's impressive. He hit 45 if he played there. Oh, easy. Yes. That ballpark is a joke. Jeez. That ballpark is a real joke. Anyway, there were a bunch of questionable moments in this game. Dominic Leone, I think that's a big question mark in and of itself. I got some real concern right now about Andres Munoz and what's going on with him. But, uh, yeah, second straight series loss. They'll try to squeak one out here salvage today. One today. Come yeah, on, Walter. Salvage one. Come on Logan Gilbert on the hill. The good news, I think it's good news, Texas is just in free fall. 50, they've lost 15 of 18. Say that again. Texas has lost 15 of their last 18 games. And yesterday they got Evaldi back from the IL. He didn't make it out of the second inning. I wonder if he's 100% healthy. Just an absolute mess over there. So certainly, if that continues, that would be some real good news for these Mariners. 
Here's the second thing you need to know. Depth chart is out for the Seahawks. And we kind of went through some of this earlier. Trey Brown listed as the starting corner ahead of Mike Jackson. That seems to be a nod, certainly, to what we saw in preseason action, probably more so than what we saw during practice. So, all right, that tells me a little bit of something. DJ Dallas ahead of Zach Charbonnet feels like a little bit of veteran, you know, respect. And then Kobe Bryant at free safety. I don't know what to make of that one. Well, he's not a corner. He's going to be a free safety. He's going to be your nickelback. I would totally agree with what KJ said, especially in this matchup. And and Devin's likely not to be back. The first kind of injury news will come about today, a Wednesday practice to start this regular season for your Seattle Seahawks. So we'll get a few more updates. i got to add one more on there. And I missed this earlier. Like, if you would have handed me that depth chart, I don't know, in March, and said, hey, here's going to be the depth chart for the season opener. What would have blown me away is that Jordan Brooks is starting a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you and I can't oversell how amazing that story is. The nine months ago, he had a bad ACL injury. And he is right now, number one, more than likely going to run out of that tunnel next to Bobby Wagner as your starting Will linebacker. Incredible. Pretty amazing. Uh, we've also spent a lot of the day talking about Chris Jones, star defensive lineman holding out in Kansas City. Is he going to get traded? We don't know yet. But it was interesting hearing from Carrington Harrison in KC earlier that things aren't great there and that they certainly did trade Tyreek Hill. And if they were to deal him, he doesn't think it would cost more than a second, maybe a late round pick added to it. Would you make that deal? Yeah, I would. It'd be impossible for me not to trade a second and fifth and then figure out the finances. First round pick, that's where it gets a lot more interesting because that's where you got to decide, are you willing to make a trade and when you potentially could be grabbing a quarterback there this year? Oh, the NFL never rests, and that's why it's going to net $20 billion in revenue this upcoming season. <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty good league. It's doing okay for itself. Here's the third thing you need to know. It was fun hearing uh, Jeff Passan speak to the Jared Kelnick haters yesterday. The notion that you're concerned, and not you, Brock, but the the royal you of clowns out there who are espousing this position. The notion that you're concerned with somebody's bad energy affecting the team when he is going to be around the team regardless of whether he's playing or not is so patently illogical and foolish and beyond the pale dumb. I don't know why I'm wasting my breath addressing. (laughs) So funny. Well, Kelnick is getting closer. Had a walk, a double last night. Looked pretty good running the bases. He did strike out three times. So, as I said, probably not going to be ready till next week as he gets his timing back. And then he spoke to Daniel Kramer, MLB.com, and I thought really took a lot of accountability for what happened. Uh, I don't know how he could have taken more. Right. I mean, he just said, yeah, this this is on me. But what I did to the city, to the fans, to the organization can never happen again. Mm-hmm. Letting those emotions get the best of him. And AP Poll also came out yesterday in college football. The Pac-12 continues to be so much of the story. USC 6, Washington bumps up from 10 to 8. Utah 12, Oregon 13, the Beavs 17. And Deion Sanders, man, Colorado Buffaloes. Three and a half over under win total going into the year now find themselves ranked twenty second in the country. <laughs> Things change sure. quick. I mean you beat TCU. I mean you, you did. You did. I don't deserve some of that. Yeah. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show.
You sure on Jared? Not telling like so. Did you have some source on that speculation? Because I saw some other people saying maybe Tampa, maybe, you know. I would be very surprised if he is back with the team before they get home. Not saying it's impossible, but I would be very surprised. I think they and and kind of we went through some of the reasoning on that the other day. Like for, you know, he 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 needs to get his timing back. He's been out a long time. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been over a month that he's missed. And that's not like a couple of days where you just, you know, you get a day back there and off you go. Like, they got to make sure he's totally healthy, that he can run, et cetera, because that's all part of his game. And then you really want his timing to be right. And I think it's even more important with him because the last thing you want for his mentality, his psyche, is -hmm. to come up and not be ready yet like Dylan Moore was earlier this year. Dylan Moore came out of it. I don't know. A, you don't have time for Jared to come out of it. And B... You know, I don't I don't know that his psyche handles that quite as well. So just given, you know, Brock, you you can't afford to have him come up and struggle. You're in a you're in a pennant race. That's right. So I, I would be shocked if he is up before next week. Yep, but with every one of these games, man, you start to tick to 25, 24, 23, mm-hmm. 22, 20. Yeah, but I'd like rather have him wait than come back and struggle. And for all the conversation we've had about having the opportunity for Jared to be a hero, and this is setting Can you imagine? a real big stage. You ima- like, how great would that story be? Yeah. I don't know whether it's going to happen. I mean, no, like, and I don't want to manifest the opposite. But can you but imagine a what lot. a great story it is if Jared Kelnick down the stretch is what you know brings this team to an AOS championship? Mm. That would be unbelievable. That would be such a fun story. I would be so here for the redemption. So here for him, not just from this year, but for his entire career and everything. It would be a heck of a story. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I am 100% rooting for it. Hey, it's Washington Wednesday, the first of the year. Brock's got some thoughts on where the Huskies, the number eight team in the country, are going. We'll do that next on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, you heard Brock say a few minutes ago, the Washington Huskies are now the number eight ranked team in the country coming off a dominating performance over Boise State. It is Washington Wednesday here on Seattle Sports on 710, brought to you by Star Rentals. And Brock, the number eight team in the country, that's pretty legit. Yeah, that's giving you a chance. I mean, when you start number 10 in the country, you look at all the national champions over the last uh, decade or, and, you know, college football has taken on so many different faces from the BCS era to this playoff era to an expanded playoff next year. But you start at number 10, you give yourself a chance to, to get to a playoff and to accomplish, you know, huge, huge, huge dreams. Now, how realistic with Alabama, Georgia in particular, the schedules of those teams. What an absolute joke down in Athens, right? They kind of, they play UT Martin and Ball State. They play nobody. And even the SEC showed, and the SEC East in particular, save for Tennessee, it's not that good. Not that good. So um, going to be a difficult road to get there, but that's not what Washington Wednesday is about. It's about celebrating what was, and what was was a season opener with about a 15-point spread that went down to 14 against Boise and ultimately turned into a blowout in the Michael Penick show. Here was touchdown number one. This time he goes back shoulder. Adunze rolls his man up for another Washington touchdown. Yeah, that was his fifth of the day. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Play the other one. Sorry. Goodness gracious. Cool, calm, and collected. Michael Penix Jr. 
Yeah, that was number one. Rome was number five. In between was all sorts of goodness on a 29 of 40, 450-yard day, five touchdown passes against a proud crew. Andy Avalos coaches good football over there, boys. He's a defensive coordinator by trade, and he had no answers, much like, I think, unfortunately, Tulsa, as 37-point underdogs, will have no answers for that kind of offense, that kind of experience. Coach DeBoer, after the game, asked about that start, asked about game number one, and and what he uh, liked and proud of here was the head man, Amont Lake. I just thought, you know, even though it was a slow start, first quarter, uh, as far as the overall score, just thought the second quarter and the build up and the the resiliency, I guess, if uh, there was some adversity in there, I'm really proud of the guys. You know, usually we're kind of used to the fast starts, maybe the first and third quarter was more of the, the strong finishes in the second and the fourth. So proud of the guys. Uh, it was good to get out there and just hit some other people, play and see where we're at. And uh, so much stuff to work on uh, far from there. But, uh, you know, the guys, uh, this is the film and the tape that uh, we can do that off of. When I was out there a couple of weeks ago and got to watch them practice Salk and see them up close and actually got to Kaylin and me share with the team, which was pretty cool after after practice. You but did? I did, but it was at that, that well, you know, I don't tell you everything. Why didn't you tell uh, me about that? I don't know why. Are you I didn't trying to tell keep you. that secret? Uh, I have you no embarrassed? Idea. Uh no. Are no. you ashamed? But he did ask me, and I was like, uh, I kind of gave him a Tom Sula. Well, he's like, oh, radio guy, short for words, huh? And I'm like, okay, let's go. You want to challenge me? Let's bring it on. So, And I told the guys of a story of one of my favorite Husky moments when we had security guard Larry yelling up at the dummy at the very top of the stands for a good half hour in training camp. But you could feel then like they were done with training camp. Like defense knew our calls. There was a lot of frustration. The defense that day actually had the offense's number. And I'm like, this is a good sign. Because if this defense can can match in it, the caliber of these offensive guys, they are going to be set up for some success this season. So sure enough, they got to hit somebody else. They got to play against somebody else that didn't know all their calls and all their tendencies and everything, and they blew them away. One last note on Mr. Penix. He went from oh, number five or six in the Heisman odds to number two. <laughs> Eight to one odds behind Caleb Williams as we sit here today is the number two Heisman contender. So, yeah, you could not have scripted a much better start for uh, the Huskies and Tulsa this week and then to East Lansing and Michigan State, which will be a good national test here in a couple. Can you tell the dummy story? Because it's pretty funny. Yeah. It, it, those that When you stand on the field at Husky Stadium, as you've done a few times out at our camp back in the day, right? And hopefully we can do those again. There's, the radio station would put on a, a football camp. And you look up at the top row in the cantilevered stands there in Husky Stadium, and you realize, man, that is way up there. That is a, like a mile up there. So we had an old security guard, Larry, big pot belly, kind of looked like Santa Claus, great guy. And anyhow, he was security at that time. So he would run people out and he had kind of, he was kind of a grizzly gruff guy. So we decided near the end of training camp to get one on Larry. And we had one of the young guys go run a dummy up to the very top <laughs> row of those bleachers. And we put it up there as far as it could go. And it looked like someone was standing there. And uh, Larry spent at least a half hour. <laughs> you up there? Get down! Get down from there! You're not alive. He is screaming at this dummy because Larry ain't making it up there. No, he ain't going up the ramps and up the stairs. <laughs> He's just screaming at him. So, yeah, that was was that your fun, idea? Thirty years, thirty years ago, I think that was my idea. Yeah, actually. that's got yeah. Brock Heward written all yeah. over it. That's got a little middle child, left-handed yeah. instigator. Yeah, yeah, all that, good that stuff. seems like something so. you would do. All right, so better, better odds. From your point of view, as of today, Huskies make the college football playoff 
Michael Penix wins the Heisman. They make the playoff. So they're one of the four teams. Not win the national title, but they make make the playoff. One of the four teams. Versus Penix wins the Heisman? Yes. Yeah, make the playoff. All right, what about versus Penix is is at the Heisman presentation? Penix at the Heisman presentation. That you think? Yeah, I I think... I, I do. I think he has got, he stays healthy. Last year, I was looking at his number. I think he took six sacks last year, five or six. I mean, it's insane. You talk about Gino now playing 17 games in the NFL, different game. I get all of that. He was sacked 42 times. Penix played 13 games last year. He was sacked, I want to say, five times. <laughs> I mean, he just, he knows it. He sees it. He gets rid of the ball. The question and the big question for him and why he had to come back to school, even against your better judgment. Why he came back to school is, well, he got some good money in the NIL, but he also had to prove to these guys this was not just a one-year deal. And Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan and two NFL tackles, and you go down the list. Now, they don't have a great running back, and the injury there is going to be difficult over the course of the season because it was pretty imbalanced. They threw it a lot more than they ran it. And they're going to have to find some run game, some balance. When you play SC and you play Utah and you play Oregon and you play Oregon State, so it's a it's going to be a murderer's row there in October with those four. There got to be more balance, but man, he is going to put up unbelievably prolific numbers. Get a text message uh, that says, "Will Penix learn to use his lower body to throw? It seems like he generates good velocity with his ugly sidearm release. Seems like there could be even more with lower body involvement." It's it's it is that's a great question, and when you do watch him, and he doesn't have like. You watch Aaron Rodgers, and there was the last Hard Knocks last night, and I've said this before. The biggest thing about Hard Knocks and Aaron, to me, is actually seeing him in shorts. And you realize, like, this dude is strong. He has got legs, and that is where all of that power and force is generated. Mahomes, see him tomorrow night. Thick, strong, powerful legs, you know, that, that generates that. that whole, Josh Allen, like, go through the guys that can really spin it. And Penix is a little spinlier. You know, that texture's right. He didn't have these, you know, just these legs for days that generate all that force. But he has got, like, Russell Wilson long arms, big hands. And he rotationally, yeah, it's unconventional. It doesn't look the part. Like, you see some of these guys, and you see where all of that gener- – just that where they generate that force. He doesn't. He does it with his arm. But I remember Sammy Heward. And, oh, by the way, Sammy, great start at Cal Poly. I remember Sam Heward telling me, like, Brock, Uncle Brock, I've never seen a guy throw a ball like this. Hmm. Like he just effortlessly throws it 75 yards. You know, like it's not always the most accurate when that first, very first spring, but he's dialed that in too. But it, there's just very few, very few guys that can throw a football as far as old Uncle Rico there on Mont Lake Cam. Pretty cool. All right. That Pretty is uh, Washington Wednesday today, as we said, brought to you by Star Reynolds. And uh, every Wednesday, uh, a little look at what's going on with the Husky program here in Seattle. All right. Uh, a couple of minutes on the Mariners, Brock, and, and I don't want to continue to focus on some of the frustration from yesterday. Obviously, not a great game. Obviously, okay. a frustrating loss, et cetera. What do you need to do? Moving? Like, if you're Scott, what are you doing? Yes. Yesterday, That's I was right question. there with you. You said yeah. it's time to sit down Eugenio Suarez for a day. Totally agreed. And, and they did. They did. Yep. It, it ended up being that day. Everybody seemed to sort of come to that same conclusion at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Now what? I mean, like, what, what do you do next? I, I'm trying to figure out what this you is do. a fine line, man. You come off the best month in the history of your franchise. Yep. Okay. And the one thing about Scott is he is unbelievably consistent. 
So I, th- this is that, that careful line, and I'm sure a lot of consideration and Jerry and Justin and their staff and their coaching and Manny because you can't flinch, right? I mean, th- this is, as Rojas told us, man, this is such a fun, loose environment. Mm-hmm. Never seen something so loose. And that wasn't just in August. That was through July when he got here. And, and this is where you can't. And I know his tone. And they're still confident. I mean, like I don't think this team has broken its confidence the way maybe some people in, you know, outside did sure. after a couple of losses. But but they got some real concerns. Yes, you do. In your like bullpen, a, a in your Eugenio, rotation. Eugenio right now is just in a valley. Yes. Ty France. And a note, buddy of mine sent me that Ty France's WAR zero point six is the same as Canzone and Rojas. Yes, yeah. those guys have played one hundred and seven less games. Right, like Ty, Ty last Ty's last extra base hit was thirteen games ago. I mean, it's a major, major issue. There's no doubt. So if you're Scott, what do you do? I mean, there there are some options. You're going to get Jerry Kelnick back if you want to play Kelnick, and then you want to essentially platoon Canzone and France at first base. You can do that. Right, I mean, you can play Kelnick and Teo in the outfield, uh, or Kelnick and Marlowe, depending on how you want to do it, and then you can move Canzone uh, to be essentially the left-handed side or the the the, the dominant mm-hmm. side of a platoon at first base and sit Ty France. Mm-hmm. You can do that. I, I don't know that it's the wrong move. I'm just kind of throwing out some 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 mm-hmm. ideas that could be available to Scott, and you don't need to wait for Kelnick. I mean, you could play. Uh, you know, Marlowe and first. Moore or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of ways you could do that in the outfield to try to make it work if you wanted to get Ty out of there for a few days. Yeah. If you really are concerned about your bullpen, and especially the leverage parts late, my off-the-wall suggestion, and by the way, I took a bit of a hit yesterday because Tommy Malone got shelled, but you bring up one of your AAA pitchers, maybe it's Malone, maybe it's Adam Aller, whoever it is you think is the right guy to bring up, send down a Dominic Leone or DFA a Dominic Leone and move Brian Wu to your bullpen. He's throwing gas generally. And if that is enough to change your bullpen late in games, I'm not, I don't think he is long-term a reliever. I think he's got enough to start, Mm -hmm. but if that's what you need to save his arm and get you through Mm -hmm. the next couple of weeks, I'm not opposed to considering something like that. And I, and I know that's a little bit, you know, both of those feel a little bit like panic desperate. moves. They just feel a little desperate. But are they, or are they just ways of covering up your holes in a situation in which you can't go get anybody else? Right. You're not allowed anymore. Right. Either of yeah. those two strike your fancy? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of little Tommy Malone, even though he's six foot one. You tell me, even though I don't buy that for a second, but that's okay. That's what the that's what the numbers tell. I, he, he's been he's kind of done his job every time he's been called upon mm-hmm. here in a, in a veteran guy. So and, what if you what if you bring up a Tommy Malone, you DFA Dominic Leone, and you and you put Wu in you the put bullpen. Wu in your bullpen. Yes, his velocity. I got a text saying, "What do you mean throwing his gas? Velocity, his velocity has is been now. down. Yes, yep. it has been. Certainly was yesterday or two days ago, but." Maybe that's the thing that gets his velocity back up. By the way, he's been as good against right-handers as anybody in baseball this year. Right. Does that help solve your Munoz problem? Maybe. 
it's not ideal. Like again, these mm. aren't perfect situations because you've been sort of backed into it. Yeah. But those are things you can do to try to alleviate a few of the problems your team has right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you can do today is ask old Walter to go a good seven innings and have that splitter working and have the command and stop walking people and stop hitting people and stop giving up the free bases that got you to 21 wins in August. So that is the very first thing you can clean up and that that is on what you do that's how you do it i don't think that's a out of gas or out of focus or anything it is just kind of a reset and refresh and hopefully logan can do that today and not give these free bases what else you could use man if you're going to do that and logan's going to go out there and go seven you could really use about eight or nine runs so that you don't need to use because you (laughs) use brash again today and now he's probably down heading into the tampa series tomorrow i mean like These things all have effects, yes, and, and that's why, if it's me, I'm probably DFAing Leon either way. I'm having a conversation about whether it's another reliever or whether it's a starter and trying to move Brian Wu to the pad. I'm at least having that conversation. I don't know if the Mariners will, and I understand sort of the desperation element of it, but you only got so many ways to solve a problem, and right now that mm-hmm. appears to me anyway to be the biggest problem you got. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, for no reason whatsoever today, we are ranking water. Water ranked. I'm just telling you there's no reason. There's no what? there's no tie-in, no nothing. What? Today is just water ranked. You couldn't find You couldn't find any tie-in? Well, what we need to admit is that we started another rank this morning. Justin and I spent a lot of time ranking. And we were like, oh, we did Wilds on August 17th, 2022. Right. Oh, that's why I left the room for 15 minutes and yeah. came back and yeah. still had to listen yeah. to another, the majority of ranks. There's a lot of good Wilds, though. It was fun yeah. to do even a second time, and I think we came up with some new ones. Wilder. Here you go. Water for today, like Bloodhound Gang's Firewater Burn. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the mother burn. <laughs> oh, that was your own edit. I kind of like the yeah. radio edit they used to have. Nah, I, got, er, er, er. I had to do a little of my own there. Nice job on that. Uh, you got the water boy. You know, uh, water boy is uh, certainly, uh, I would say it's the thinking man's uh, football movie of the ages. Um, and... Uh, and really, I think everybody should watch it. That's nice, Mike Leach. Oh, Thinking I miss man's Mike Leach, man. Yeah, that's a great oh. thought. Everything he said was pretty funny. Uh, let's see, Justin. I know you were excited about the album from Limp Biscuit, which is oh. called Yeah, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Can't hate that at all. I know everybody knows you be it. loving this right here. L-I-M-P. Biscuits. <laughs> I know every word of that. You can wake me up out of a, a stupor and I would know it. Wow. How did you fit that in the water again? Uh, it's the name of the album. It's the name of the album. The name of the album's what? Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Oh, man. Brock's Did you know that? Say, say that again. Chocolate Starfish <laughs> and Hot yeah. Dog Flavored Water. What is that? The name exactly. of their album. That's insanity. Exactly. What's the name of their album? Limp Biscuit. Yeah. The name, listen, Limp Biscuit. What do you think that is? Already Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Brock, you ever stay at the Edgewater Hotel? Here's oh, the yeah. Album? Yeah, uh, Pega Mike. 
anniversary. And that, cool. that was their 50s, 50 year. That's where they stayed. I like going there for drinks. The restaurant's really good. Yeah, yeah. I really like it in there. Uh, let's see. You got Watergate. You ever stay at the Watergate Hotel? I have not. All right. You ever have you? a conversation around? No. But I know a lot about Watergate. In fact, I just watched that White House Plumbers, which is great. Mm, I was looking at a condo in the Watermark Tower downtown. Mm, there you go. Love Watermark. that. How Love about uh, a little conversation around the water cooler? Hmm, yeah, you know what, you know what the uh, conversation around the water cooler on my college football crew was? Ricky Waters? Nope. <laughs> Jesse Waters? You know who's going to be at the Iowa-Iowa State game Saturday in Ames, Iowa? Roger Waters. The Donald. The Donald, oh, really? The Donald, yeah. Wow. I'm trying to convince him to let him come up in the booth. Got some questions for the <laughs> Seems Donald. Seems like a big quite a conversation. <laughs> you and Donald together sounds like a great combination. Battle uh-huh. of Waterloo, none of that. Uh, yeah, that would be Brock's own personal Waterloo. Okay, yes. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Good call. Afterwards, we'd have to waterboard Brock in order to get the real information out of him. <laughs> Let's just go to the Little Water Cantina instead. Or we could bring him up to Clearwater Casino. Oh, true. <laughs> All the way to Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> I think they have a heavy water reactor there. Uh-huh. There's is some that, movies you could is watch. Is that Kelnick's laugh? Who's yeah, laughing? That's Kelnick. There's some uh-huh. movies you could watch, Brock. I know you've seen Waterworld, Kevin Costner. Not really. Yeah. Much oh. better movie than people give it credit for. It's a great movie. It just bombed, but it's a good movie. It's a terrific movie. I like it. Shape of Dry Water, Weird. Dark Shape Water, of Open Water, Black Water, Water like, for Elephants, like Water for Chocolate. So those are all some uh, some options for uh, for movies. And then there are more songs, like uh, very recently, Harry Styles. Watermelon's a different word, but okay. Well, I mean, it starts uh, with water. Is, there, is water in the word? I mean, it's not a cantaloupe sugar. It's watermelon sugar. Watermelon, watermelon, sh- watermelon mean, moonshine. Mount is in mountain, but that didn't count. No, Back in the day. Mount did count. Mountains, mountains did count. Back in the day when we would visit Prosser and Washington. Back in the day. around because you left out Rainier. Go on, Brock. Well, if I could walk this is your kind of song, Brock. Any money's your kind of guy. Not bad. If I could you prefer the Doobie Brothers? There you go. You like that one? You a watermelon guy? Oh. Yeah, I'll do a little watermelon. It's not like my favorite, but I'll do watermelon. There's, a, there's another watermelon one in there that I got for Brock. Yeah, I got another watermelon here. But obey the law and you drink, don't drive, do the watermelon crawl. Do you know what that is? It's a country song. Uh, back no in the kidding. day. Thanks. <laughs> Back Is in it? the day, when we would visit Ardell and Luddell on yes. Prosser, uh, Ardell had a great garden, grew his own watermelon, and Damon tried to convince me that if I ate the seeds, black widows mm. would grow in my stomach. Could work yes. out. Yeah, what black a jerk. Widows. We got uh, fighting for a chance to talk here, and Salk's like, my list, my We have a lot to get to. Okay. Okay. You right. don't give All us right. enough time. Here we go. No, you do too many things. No, we don't have time. That's cold water from Bieber. We're not yep. starting the segment at 9.30. We should. It would be better that Just way. Give the people what they want. All right, you want to get to the top five? Would that I make do. you happy if we got so to the top five? More. Brock, you're going to love number five. Okay. Brock didn't realize this one was going to be on the list because he thought it was Don't Go Chasing Butterflies. Uh huh. Love it. I wish we'd been able to play Down by the Water, PJ Harvey. <laughs> We never even played Dirty Water by the Standells. I wanted to play that. This is what they play at Fenway after the Red Sox. No. These are just some others we didn't get to. We're in the top five now. You're not allowed to. We didn't get to play Fella Cootie either. Number four. Fella Cootie. This is number four? No. 
Just Stop playing songs to. that aren't in your top five. I'm playing them. I'm doing whatever I want. Brock, what about Stillwater, Oklahoma? I'm going to turn off your mic again. You wouldn't dare. <laughs> and your sound. You wouldn't, you still, wouldn't still, dare. Stillwater Mark. is an outpost. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's a ways out there. All right, number four. Number four. Number four. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. I love you, Bros. I hear Simon. Yeah, I hear Simon and Garfunkel. All I think is Bros. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. Uh huh. Number three, the Elton John album "Madman Across the Water." Super famous album, great album art. Tiny on it dancers on that. Yeah, that's great. Great album. Number okay. three on our list. I don't have any sound for number two. What? what? Yep. No it's sound because I don't know. There. I didn't put water by Breaky Benjamin in there. Is that, that, must why? Be, <laughs> that must be why. <laughs> number two. It, it, on isn't my the list. turkey vulture on the water? <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> really? Waterfowl. I think this is one of the three best movies made since the turn of the century. Hell or high water. Chris Pine and Ben Foster and uh, Jeff Bridges. If you haven't seen Hell or High Water, do yourself a favor and watch that movie. Uh, 21st Amendment Brewery makes a Hell or High Watermelon beer that's delicious. (laughs) I've had that actually. It's It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's a little sweet, but it's pretty good. Mm. Okay. Anyway, go see Hell or High Water. I don't know that the people are with me on this. No, whatever. 206 says, I used to like ranked, but this is just ridiculous. No. Uh, 360 says, great segment. Nothing sounds better than music on AM radio. And 206 <laughs> is about to waterboard myself to stop the suffering. Well, just wait till we get to number one. Yeah. You're going to love that Hammond organ. And one of the all-time riffs from Deep Purple. The smoke on the water, of course. And that'll be in your head now all day. You're welcome. I thought there was a chance you were going to get Holy Water Soundgarden in there. No, not a, not not quite at that level. Sorry, right. didn't quite make it. We ran out of time for you that. You know one. what I love during football season? Wednesdays. Because of Oh, it just, yeah, we get to do Washington Wednesday. We get KJ. We get, it's just, Wednesdays are awesome. And then Thursdays are great as we're getting ready to go and tee up for a, a football weekend. And, oh, the Mariners are in a pen and chase. Go win today. Just go win. Everybody feels better when the Mariners win. So go find a way to win it. Right, we got to run. Uh, Bump and Stacy coming up next. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Mark Sanchez on the show. Jerry DePoto on the show. Oh, yeah. Love that, too. Until then, uh, the hay. And I love Mondays. And I love Tuesdays. And I love Wednesdays. They're all in the barn. See everybody. Guys in the chopper!